Hi there, and welcome to episode 49 of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. And I'm really grateful to introduce you to Stephanie Barnes, who is the founder of IntelliKey. Such an interesting name for a company. And what Stephanie shares with us is that actually IntelliKey means realization of potential, which I think is really, really lovely. Stephanie's a really interesting character, has a fantastically diverse background covering uh, finance, covering creativity, covering knowledge management. I just thought it was really interesting that she spoke about, uh, as so many of us do, that our creativity gets educated out of us. And actually, we need to relearn creativity. And I think if we look at the World Economic Forum uh, reports and so many other reports that are out there right now, creativity is absolutely one of the USPs that we all need to be harnessing and relearning, uh, particularly as some of those entry-level jobs do get automated as time goes forward. So do enjoy this conversation. I absolutely loved it. And I'd really appreciate, as I know Stephanie would as well, any feedback that you would be able to offer. And we look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast from the listening organization dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. And today I'm really excited to introduce you to Stephanie Barnes, who is Chief of Creativity and Analytics at IntelliKey. Good morning, Stephanie. Morning, Gary. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing today? Excellent. For anybody that's not only listening by audio and not by video, I have to let you know there's an incredible backdrop that Stephanie has behind her, which is a very colourful wall, and it's amazing. So if you're only listening by audio, make sure you go and see the video if Stephanie puts it on her site. So do you mind letting people know as we get going a bit more about you? Um, so where did the name IntelliKey come from and also what do you do for work? Sure. Um, IntelliKey, IntelliKey is actually a new brand for me. I started last, last summer. I decided that I need to focus on creativity and innovation, which is really my, my, po- my focus and my passion. And I was looking for a new name. And uh, you know, I was looking for actually a, an untranslatable word. Um, and because I'm learning German, so I thought, oh, maybe there's there's a German word that I could use that would kind of describe. And I'm going through and, and couldn't find anything. And, you know, how you do when you're Googling and following links and things. I came across IntelliKey, and, and it's an English word that's perfectly definable. It means realization of potential. And as soon as I th- saw that definition, I thought, oh, that's my word. That's my brand. That's me. Uh, you know, help people realize what they're doing, realize their potential, whether, you know, as individuals or as organizations. Um, yeah, to, to realize their present their potential. See, I'm so excited. I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> so, and that's what I, so that's what I do. I help organizations and people be more creative and innovative and relearn. You know, I think we all start out as children, you know, and creative. I know certainly I, had my creativity as a, as a child um, and it gets educated out of us and there's lots of people on YouTube talking about you know this in, and uh, TED talks and things of how education um, educates our, our, our creativity right out of us so I'm you know working with people to relearn that and learn that's really not so scary and we all have these nightmare stories from 
from when we were kids about teachers, you know, that criticized us because we couldn't draw a straight line, you know, or we didn't draw a tree that looked like a tree or, you know, whatever the, the injury was. And, and so we're, you know, hugely afraid of this, but there's so much that we can learn through relearning that creativity and, and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable again and, and to try and see what happens and discover that the world, the floor doesn't open up and swallow us whole when we, you know, get brown paint in our yellow paint, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Thanks for the introduction, Stephanie. I, I'd like to go to a little bit, actually. So you just said you're learning German. And yes. Yeah, for anyone listening to us, I believe you're based in Berlin. I am. I'm Canadian. Um, moved to Berlin about three and a half years ago. So my goal in life, um, one of my goals in life is to learn German. So... That's amazing. And um, so, so what, what was it that took you to Berlin? What, what was it that inspired you to move there out of interest? Um, the short version is that it was time for a change. You know, I had spent my life growing up in and around Toronto and in Canada. And Canada, you know, people will say, oh, Canada is lovely. You know, why would you ever move from Canada? But it was time for a change. I needed to be somewhere else. It didn't feel like I really fit in in Canada, despite having been born and raised there and spent you know my entire life there um and and berlin has a sense of for me at least a sense of home when i when i came it's like oh this this feels like home there's an energy here and i get homesick when i leave berlin so i like never leave from berlin i haven't been back to canada since i left which people always find surprising and it's not that i don't have friends and family there i do you know but but th this is this is home this yeah, I get homesick. So, Listen, what's really lovely? What comes up for me is you talk about energy. Is energy is energy important to you, both in your work and you personally? I'm just oh, I'm absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and this is you know one of the things I love about my work. A, it, it really does energize me, and so I can I get the feeling sometimes in working with people, working with organizations, and um, that's kind of how I make decisions. Is does it feel right? Do I get a good energy a good vibe which sounds a little airy fairy new age i i get that but it really is important to me that because it underlies what the energy i think is is doing for me is pointing out things that i can't quite immediately observe in in the physical world that there's a, something that's that's not quite right you know and oftentimes it's that it's a sense that people aren't being honest with with themselves and so it's not that they're lying to me necessarily but but they're lying to themselves and not being honest about what it is that they want and and need from you know from the work that i would do with them and if they can't be honest with themselves they're definitely not going to be honest with me and so it makes the work that much more difficult and i need to question whether it's the right thing for me and the right thing for them so yeah, that, that, that's really powerful. And I, I'm sure this will be a, a thread as we go through. And, and isn't it funny how we, still in 2019, we almost have to justify being, talking about energy and maybe more sort of spiritual elements of our human experience because people are just not used to it. Yeah. Excuse it, don't we? It's, it's quite, quite interesting still. Yes, yes. Well, and you say it's 2019, but, you know, I graduated high school in, in 1986, which, you know, honestly doesn't seem like that long ago <laughs> um, but but you know I, I look at it and I look at the feminism and and where women's role and I, I actually said this to somebody last week I don't feel like in 30 years you know anything has changed for women's role in the workplace it's like how 
you know, and, and yet we say there we go, oh, it's 2019. Yeah, it's 2019 and nothing has changed, you know? Fair challenge. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to get us off on a tangent, but. <laughs> but, because, but I think it's super relevant because, you know, we are talking about energy. We're talking about your role in helping people be more innovative, more creative. And, and as, as this podcast is about the more sort of human elements of life, you know, what is it? What do, how do people need to show up to get the most out of doing work with you out of interest in an organizational context? Um, just be curious and be, be open, you know, trying things. The workshops I do with organizations, we're trying different things. We're, we're doing some brainstorming around a business problem generally or some work around, you know, some kind of a business problem. But we're using some, some new methods, some things to get them out of their comfort zones. And, and stop doing the things the way that they've always done them. Because it, the, if you want something new and innovative, you gotta do something new and innovative to get there. So, you know, I do a little bit of guided meditation in the workshops, I do some drawing, and if I have time, if I, you know, luxury, have, have two or three days to do a workshop, or even a week to do a whole retreat or something, um, we can do some painting and do a, a whole lot more things and, and have a lot more discussions. and and just i encourage people to try things with these these you know whether we're doing some music or poetry or painting or whatever we're doing just try you know if you want to see what happens when you mix two colors of paint together well try it and see what happens you know no one's going to come down and rip your paper up or you know throw it and go oh you know this is why no this is not no you wanted to find out what you what happened when you mix those colors together now you know I'm not going to come and yell at you. I'm going to give you a gold star or, you know, the equivalent of a you know, pat on the back because, yay, you tried. This is fantastic. You had a question. You went out and found an answer. So this is not something to be punished. This is something to be rewarded. Isn't it fascinating? I love the metaphor that you just used about mixing the two, the two colors because I think there's something there around inclusion and diversity as well. You know, if we look at it from an organizational context, if we're not mixing intentionally, the different colors and backgrounds, belief systems of different people. We're just missing a huge opportunity, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Diversity is so important. Having people from different backgrounds and experiences rather than, you know, having, well, I have an accounting background. So, you know, having a room full of, of accountants is, um, I'm sorry to say, pretty boring. Um, <laughs> just to, you know, play up the stereotype. It's true. There's a reason for stereotypes sometimes. Um, but the, um, you know, having a room that's made up of creative people, you know, artists and, and IT people and accountants and, you know, all kinds of people with all kinds of backgrounds and things, we get much more interesting discussions. We get much more interesting results to, to our problems because the accountants all sit there and look at them, go, well, this is the way we've always done it. And yeah, I don't really have any new ideas because because we all have the same experience and we're all just coming up with the same things, but add uh, an engineer or add an artist in there, you know, and some companies have gone the step of having an artist in residence, which I love the idea of, you know, and they come and do an art project that, you know, they have a, a theme or something that they're working on for their own practice, but they also participate and work with the organization to insert creativity into the organization's activities and and help them think about things differently and and try and do different things with their products and services and ask questions that they might not have answered otherwise just because the artist has a different you know a different background different perception of what they want to do with with this organization 
we, we, we can't let that point go. An, an, an artist in residence within an organisation. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh. So is that something you're seeing as being a more common? Is that something that you're involved in yourself? It's like. Oh. I would love to be involved in. Um, I haven't found the, the right organization yet for me. I'm still, you know, holding out hope. But yes, I'm seeing more of that. Um, the first case study that I'm aware of was actually Xerox in the, the 1990s. Um, brought scientists in to work with the, the science, or sorry, artists in to work with the scientists in Research Park in Palo Alto. Um, and it was meant to be a one-year program, just a trial, see, you know, what happened. But it was so successful and the artists asked the scientists so many questions and wanted to do so many other things with the technology that they were developing that the program actually lasted for five or six years or seven years um, because of the success of it, you know, and, and as a, what often happens, the program ended when management changed and, you know, the new person came in and didn't get it anymore. And, you know, that was the end of it. But like I say, it was so successful. It, it lasted for so much longer than than the one year trial was originally envisioned for so but i have heard of yeah other organizations doing doing similar things now so it's maybe maybe this podcast will help the idea to catch on more so um yeah that's that's all that's all i guess in my in my head you know i can totally perceive the value i can totally see it and i guess there's something here you know there's a lot of talk at the moment like amy Edmondson's work around psychological safety and I could imagine having an in-house artist, it's almost someone that isn't they're sitting on the side of the organizations. So they're not part of finance or IT or HR or sales. So yeah. it's almost like this confidant that anyone can go to and it, they don't have to feel embarrassed or fearful that they're the one going to the in-house artist. Is that, is, yeah. that, is, that, is that the sort of vision? Does that, does that mean? Yeah. Well, and, and my personal vision for it is that, you know, I would go in, if it was talking about me, you know, working with an organization, they would set up a little studio for me, someplace that I could do sort of an ongoing workshop or people, you know, that wanted to come down, needed a break. You know, when I, I worked for HP a long time ago and we had a gym in the basement and I could go down if I had a break during my day, I could go down and work out in the gym. So I like the idea of having an art room in an organization and having someone there to you know, work with people on an individual basis who want to come in and just try out, you know, the drawing materials or try out the paint or try, you know, try out, you know, have maybe some musical instruments and we can do a little drumming session, you know, or, or something, but have a room set aside for a creative break rather than a, a workout break, have a, a creativity break. Um, but also, you know, that I would be able to host um, workshops or meetings in, in that space too and do little creative things as part of a you know a two-hour meeting or, or a 90-minute meeting and insert some creativity into that too and facilitate the, a discussion and and get people out of their comfort zones and coming up with some different solutions oh god my, my, my brain is just like one of your paint pots blown all over the wall at the moment because i've just got <laughs> a million, million and one different honestly i totally see the value in it because i love the idea of a creative workout rather than necessarily a physical workout. And I think if you look at the, the mental health epidemic, more and more people feeling lonely because they're feeling cut off from work. You know, what an amazing way to actually get people to take their downtime and have that bit of self-care. It's just 20 minutes. You know, yeah. what, I paint? what can I come and smash a drum for 20 minutes? Or I think that's a really powerful idea, you know? Yeah, come and, you know, put some paint on a canvas for a little, a little while. And then, you know, we have some shelves on the side of the, the room to put the painting, you know, aside so you can come and work on it later come and get it when it's dry and take it home you know we can um 
hopefully have a wall someplace that we can display people's artwork if, if they wanted to let us display the, the artwork, you know, in within the organization. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, I, I love the idea. And, and like I say, I do see, you know, the odd organization doing stuff like this. And, and I find that very encouraging. So. Yeah, it's amazing because the other thing that's coming up for me is actually almost around meeting management as well because everybody knows the meet the one two three hour meetings are just to die in not die for to die in <laughs> and, I, and, I, and i just think to have someone like yourself there to help almost bring to life the, the conversations you could be on a wall and just have some a3 pieces of paper so okay so what you're saying is this and what, so people don't always hear no we, we, we don't hit we don't sorry we don't listen well we hear yeah. we don't listen well so to have yeah. someone like yourself bring into life the conversation throughout the meeting and then reflect with you at the end of the meeting, what was actually discussed? What did it look like? Oh, that's what we said. Oh, that's what we discussed. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Transforming meetings. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Oh, right. right. <laughs> right. Sorry, I'm, I'm turning into your like, biggest sales advocate now. Um, no, it's really, really powerful. Um, I'm going to go back, just segue back a little bit towards, because... This, this makes me chuckle. So you've got qualifications in accountancy and you're now helping organizations with innovation. It's a really interesting, again, try not to be too gender, sorry, too stereotypical, but how did yeah. you go from finance into innovation and creativity? <laughs> what, what was going on in that journey for you? Oh, there's a lot of things in between. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have an undergraduate degree in accounting. I actually have an MBA in IT. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes, and I'm painting. Um, yeah, it's and it's definitely a journey. It's definitely an, an evolution. You know, I started out. I thought I wanted to be an accountant. Um, I worked in finance and accounting for five and a half years, and that didn't work out. And I went back to school and did an MBA. And and I had got doing IT stuff. This is you know mid '90s. I got doing IT stuff in the accounting department because that's where IT started. Was in you know accounting and so uh, yeah I did this MBA in IT thinking that oh, I'll do this you know this and work for HP and when I got to HP after you know I was uh, this is 97 I was 30 years old it's like oh I'm done school and I you know and I'm not studying anymore and I have all this free time on my hands and what am I going to do and it's like everyone else has hobbies I've spent my life studying what am you know what am I going to do to you know I need a hobby and and so I started exploring, you know, when I tried mountain biking and I tried golf and I tried, you know, drawing and photography and and they were nice. I liked the drawing and photography because it got me out of my head. Um, but I didn't discover painting until 2011 and I fell in love with painting in 2011. I yeah, I'm like, where have you been all my life? Um, <laughs> and. Uh, and yeah, I went out the next day and bought paints, you know, and have been painting ever since and have had exhibitions in um, Toronto and here in Berlin. And yeah, and it's, it, it's my passion. Um, and, and what happened was I'm like, I got to figure out a way to bring this painting and stuff into my day job, into the, the, the process stuff and the IT stuff that I'm doing, the project management stuff that I'm doing, the you know, meeting facilitation. I got to bring this creativity stuff in because I got to make this stuff more fun um because it is fun and and so this it's been an evolution since 2011 2012 bringing in the painting and the creativity stuff into you know the knowledge management i was doing knowledge management consulting for 19 years um and 
you know, have a reputation in that field. And it's like, but so I talked to accountant or not accounting, I talked to KM people and go, you, if you're in charge of one of the things you're in charge of is knowledge creation. And, and so knowledge creation is about doing things differently and asking questions. And this is where the creativity stuff comes in. And this is where the innovation stuff comes in. So I'm, you know, working with those folks a lot of times to get them out of their best practices, you know, knowledge management people like lessons learned and best practices and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with those things. Those are all very good, fine things and noble pursuits. Um, but there's something else out there in addition to those things. And, and so, yeah, so I'm doing work with those. And, and like I say, last summer I decided it was time to focus solely on that and started IntelliKey and yeah, it's been a ride ever since. Wow, thank thank you for sharing. I think I think what comes up for me as you talk about that journey though is your curiosity as Stephanie. You know, you oh, you, you didn't go, hey, do you know something? I'm in accounts or in IT and that's my job for life for the next sixty years. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine if I was still doing accounting. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, there but there yeah, you're right. There was definitely a sense of there's gotta be something more. There's gotta be something else out there. And 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 I think a lot of people go through that and some people pay attention to it and some people don't and that that's fine um I certainly would became quite driven about there's got to be something more and the secondary question to that or the uh, another follow-up question to that is what do I actually want you know, when I decided to be an accountant at 14 it was because everyone around me all the teachers and adults in my life were saying you have to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life and so I picked accounting because it seemed like the right thing at the time. And honestly, no one should allow a 14 year old to decide to be an accountant for the rest of their life. Uh, <laughs> so, or at least no one should have allowed me to decide at 14 to become a, you know, so that was part of the journey too, was, was this question of who is Stephanie Barnes and what does she want? Ignore the world around me They're you know, they're nice and they mean well, but what do I want? And I want to have fun and I want to paint. And I want to help people realize their potential. It's really powerful that, that that message because there's something there about you know so, so often we're sort of left in the dark or we're sort of we hide in the dark because it's safer you know for someone else to tell us what to do or to continue with the status quo or to not to challenge etc so you know to step into that light and that opportunity and that you know that, that vision of a bigger version of yourself can be quite scary can't it? Oh absolutely terrifying! <laughs> absolutely you know and there are times certainly that I have to take a breath and step down and go okay tomorrow is another day you know and take a break and and reevaluate and go am I on am I doing the right thing I had a moment you know last week honestly that I'm like is this really I had an opportunity come up and really interesting opportunity I like what the organization is doing um, but there's something about it that just doesn't feel come back to the energy thing we were talking at the, the top of the app, the top of the podcast, but there's something about it that doesn't feel quite right. I can't quite put my finger on it. There's lots of things about it that I love, but there's something not quite right. And, and so I've spent some time, you know, the last few days kind of going, what is it? And, and, you know, should I be following this up or should I, say, no, this isn't the right thing for me right now. And so, you know, taking that time for reflection and, and not just charging ahead because everybody thinks else thinks it's this great opportunity, I should be doing it. Um, you know, it's like, no, I, I, yeah, I need to think about what's the right thing for me. Yeah, it's, re it's really powerful. I put out um, an article actually on LinkedIn yesterday called Data Points. 
Stephanie, because I've got my own journey, uh, as you know, over the last couple of years, sort of waking up, is what I call it, I've sort of woke right. up and gone, oh my God, I had a nice car, nice house, nice life, but I felt empty inside. I was like, what's that? You know, how can I have everything in the outside world says it's success, but feel totally sort of dead on the inside? And, yeah. that's, and I think there's so many of us in that situation. We've, as you say, we've been socialized to follow a path or to conform or not to challenge the status quo. And you wake up yeah. 40 years later going, oh, that's half my life gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and we we're talking about why I moved from, from Toronto to, to Berlin. You know, I say to people, there was nothing wrong with my life in Toronto. It was perfectly mediocre. And if I was happy with mediocre, I would have stayed, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm trashing Canada or Toronto or anything like that, because I'm not. I have wonderful friends and, and family there. And, you know, and, and it's not that at all. It's, it's about me and what the right place is for me. And, and I needed to go out and see what happened if I went to a place that I felt like I belonged and that I, I felt at home in despite the language and the cultural differences, I feel that way in Berlin. I have made wonderful friends here. I've got connected to a wonderful network of people here. You know, it's, it's, I'm much happier here that um, I don't have all the trappings, like you say, the money and the, you know, all of that stuff that I had in Toronto. It's, it's a different level here, you know, and that's fine. Um, so yeah, my, there's the quality of life, my life here is much better. Would you mind speaking about that a little bit? What is it that makes you feel just this natural belonging in Berlin compared to where you were? Again, not, not that it's good or bad, just like, what, what's the difference for you? What, what, what is that feeling for you that, that feels like home in Berlin? I don't, I honestly don't know where it comes from. You know, I've talked to other people who have expressed the same feeling in Berlin or in, have experienced it in other places. Um, so it's something internally i've also met people that can't stand berlin and can't get out of here fast enough you know so it's it's clearly not a city that's for everyone and the same with canada certainly i know people that love and adore canada and can't imagine living anywhere else you know so i think there's something inside of each of us that you know that we just uh, there's an energy that says oh you're home um, and like i say i don't really know why i have that feeling here i've traveled to other cities and other parts of the world and not had that experience but there's something about berlin i think for me it's that no one cares here and i'm always very cautious when i say oh no one cares but no i don't feel the sense of judgment and and the fact that i'm not living a you know i'm not married with whatever 2.4 children living in the suburbs with a white picket fence and you know this this thing that we're sold this dream that we're sold as children that you know of the perfect life the life you're supposed to have i don't have any of that and i honestly don't want it um and this was part of the journey it, my my dream world is living in berlin being an artist working with organizations to help them be more creative and, and innovative having friends around me that love and support me and and yeah and and honestly, living the life that I'm living are pretty cool. <laughs> this needs some fine tuning a little bit, but I'm pretty close to living the dream, I have to say. <laughs> so yeah, there, um, and why I couldn't do it in Toronto? I just couldn't. No, it, it, it's lovely, but, 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 but what I find really powerful in what you're explaining here though, is just that, that sense of self, that sense of just inside out, just, it just feels right for you and that's what matters. You know, yeah. You're not trying to please everybody else first, which is such an important message, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I say, I've met people here that don't like Berlin and that's fine. And you know what? The world is big. Go and find where you feel at home, you know, go and find your, your place in the world. If you don't like Berlin, that's great. Go. There's a million other cities, go and check them out, you know? Awesome. If you have a look at, so the, as you know, the title of the podcast is Value Through Vulnerability, and I'm always interested to, to get my guest's view as to what they feel vulnerability means, because, you know, it can mean different things to different people. If you're going to describe to somebody what vulnerability means to you as Stephanie, what, what would you say out of interest? Um, being open and honest with myself and, and most importantly with other people, with the people I'm, I'm with, you know. There have been times in this podcast that I've kind of like, oh, should I be saying that? You know, the little voice in my head. It's like, no, we're, we're talking about vulnerability. We're talking about honesty. I'm not saying any, I'm not trashing anybody. I'm talking about my experience. And so it's hard. You know, I don't know who's going to hear this podcast, you know, but, but it's like, no, I need to be open and honest about who I am and my experience and why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. And, and that pays off, you know, that's, uh, this is how I've made the friends that I have made and here that is just through being honest, not through being, you know, pretending to be somebody that I'm not. And, you know, Jess, it's, it's, I really appreciate it. For anyone that does watch the video on Stephanie's site at a later date, you can see the congruence and the authenticity. And I think that's such a powerful point because one of my favorite words right now is congruence, particularly mm. with how people show up online versus offline. And I think there's a lot to be said around vulnerability and, you know, to be seen the same, both on and offline, I think is quite, quite powerful. I don't know if that's something that, that resonates with you at all, Stephanie. Yeah, I think that comes back to the energy thing we were talking about before, that when, you, when people present themselves one way online and a different way when you meet them in person, that incongruence, you know, is something that you kind of go, oh, well, there's an energy there that they're pretending to be something they're they're not, and you know, and for me, it it's like, well, can I really trust this person? You know, if they're one way over here and one a different way here, then you know, I don't know that I can work with with them. You know, and they are where they are, and they're you know having their own experience and their own journey, and that's fine. But but I also need to be aware of, you know, how that's going to impact me and, and the frustrations that that might cause. So. Oh, lovely. Um, quiz, quiz question for you. So who or what is inspiring you the most right now? Could be anything. Could be personal. It could be societal. Who or what is inspiring you the most right now? Oh, I'm not good at these kinds of questions. <laughs> <laughs> you can take some time. Come back to it if you want to have a moment. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't like getting caught up in the, in that. I like to um, find my, there are people, yeah, I, you know, there are artists that I admire, but, but I wouldn't want to be them, you know, I like the abstract expressionist, but, but I have my own style, you know, um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't tend to get into the hero worship, the, the, yeah, it's not, no. You can pass. I want, you can pass. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and it's, it's more important for me to go, what do I want to want to, who do I want to be? Who am I, who am I, you know? And it's nice to see people doing different things, you know, and having different experiences. And I pick up, you know, I, there are certainly blogs and books and things that have my bookshelves are lined with, with books, but I pick out the bits that are, are relevant and useful for me. and and leave the rest and 
Yeah. That's an absolutely fair answer. No, I, I find it's quite funny, actually. I've got, I've got one of these bookshelves. I'm sure we're both the same, where there's way too many books on that haven't been read yet. But there's this yeah. wonderful thing back to energy again. I find, so my one at the moment is um, Time to Think by Nancy Klein. And ah, okay. It's been on my bookshelf for nearly three years. And, and, and now is the right time to pick it up and start reading it because of what you're reading about or who you're connecting with or do you yeah. ever find that with, with, with books that you read or? Um, no, but when, when you mentioned, yes, I, yes, I do find things come across my path, you know, at the right time. And hmm. um, there was a, a book that came across my path about a year and a half, almost two years ago that it's like, Oh, but highly sensitive people. And, and it's like, Oh, this is, uh, why didn't I come across this sooner? But, and yet it's like, this was the right, that was absolutely the right time for, for it. You know, I think about another book um, that comes to mind is Pema Chodron's When Things Fall Apart, which is really one of the books that was key in my journey to figuring out what it was that I wanted for, for myself and, and my life. And, and I recommended that to, to lots of people and over the years. Um, and, and yeah, and I kind of look at that as a, as a starting point um, for, for me. And that was absolutely critical, you know, for me to, to start this journey. So. Awesome. So, so what's in the pipeline next for you as Stephanie? Are you sort of, you've mentioned that you've got into painting since 2011. Are there any other new fangled art forms that you're not doing yet that you're really, you're really hoping to be able to, to pick up? I'm working with a singer here in Berlin and um, we're, we did a little kind of trial or a little sort of first phase in the fall of her writing songs to go with my paintings. Okay. So, cause I, I do these abstract expressionist type paintings or these abstract paintings. And so, but they're all based on thoughts and feelings and, you know, experiences and how to express things that are happening to me. I, and one of the reasons I paint is cause or started to paint at least is cause I didn't have the words. Um, and so she comes and talks to me and then she goes and writes, you know, songs and, and music to go with the, the paintings. And so we had this little exhibition in the fall, last fall um, here in Berlin, and we're working on something um, bigger for 2020 or 2021 um, with more songs and more paintings and, you know, and doing a CD so that people have an artifact to, to take away with them and, and things. So I'm quite excited about that. Um, and on the other side, on the more sort of business side, I'm working with some organizations here to help them realize their potential. So, you know, help them figure out how to execute their against their strategy and plan, which sounds really left brain process-ish, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> so we do some, we'll do some creativity things along the way. So, no, yeah. Brilliant. Sounds, sounds exciting times. Thanks, it is. Oh, amazing. Well, look, as we, as we wrap up now, would you mind letting people that are listening, how, what's the best way to reach you, whether it be social media, website, etc.? cetera? What, what, what's the best way? Oh, um, yes, social media. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, certainly, Stephanie Barnes. Um, I, my website is Realization of Potential with hyphens between the, the words. Um, so dot com. Um, yeah, that might be, or Google me. I should come up fairly high, you know, <laughs> Steph, Google Stephanie Barnes Berlin. I should come up pretty high in, in those results. So that's wonderful. Well, look, I'll make sure all those contact details are on the show notes of the podcast. And Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your time today. Great. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Hi, it's just your podcast host, Gary Turner, wrapping up this lovely podcast with Stephanie Barnes. I took so much away from this, and I'm sure that you did as well. I just want to point to a few of the my, my personal key takeaways. There's an awful lot of talk right now about energy. You know, I learned a lot about this on my Have, Have Courage Summit previously. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about energy and flow, etc. And I think it's really interesting hearing Stephanie talk about the energy pointing out something I cannot feel in the physical world yet. And I think that phrase, that statement is a really, really powerful one because so often we try and justify and rationalize our decision-making, what's going on. But sometimes it's just, yeah, our, our energy is actually pointing us in a certain direction. Sounds a bit woo-woo. I can assure you that it's not. And this is certainly an experience I've gone through myself over the nine, last nine months as I've woke up myself to a more uh, spirit, spiritual way of being and living. I also found it really interesting where she spoke about if you want something new and innovative, you need to do something new and innovative to get there. Such a powerful statement. How often do we seek or desire or want to change the way we operate or redesign a structure that somehow we keep going back to the old ways of working because it's, maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable or we're not vulnerable enough to not have all the answers. I just think it's such a beautiful statement. If you want something new and innovative, you need to do something new and innovative to get there. I wonder how that resonates with you, the listener. I also enjoyed her talking about that knowledge management and creation is about creativity. Get them out of their best practices. This absolutely made me laugh a lot, uh, certainly inside. Um, we're so often trying to find that silver bullet, trying to share what is perfection, the thing that worked in one organization. How can we try and copy paste that into another organization? You know, a best practice is out of date a second later. You know, we are in the moment human beings. So, a, you know, we maybe should be focusing more on next practice. You know, what's going to be the next best idea or the next thing that's going to work best for our organization until the next one comes along. Because I think the more fluid we are, the more flexible, the more in the moment we are um, around creativity, the better. Because, you know, best practices pretty much aren't going to serve us in the uh, current and new world of work. And then finally as well, which I found interesting was when I asked what vulnerability meant to Stephanie. She mentioned very simply and very succinctly being open and honest with myself and other people. I ask you, the listener, how often are you honest with yourself and truly honest and open with other people? Something to think about as you wrap up with these, uh, these reflections. I'd really appreciate it if this has served you, if it has been an interesting podcast for you, I'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes in particular or any other platform where you uh, listen to this podcast. We're really, really grateful for you joining us today and look forward to seeing you on episode 50.